If you can hear this message, listen closely. To the exiled, misunderstood, or upside down, this is your message of hope. When problems come, use them. When enemies persecute you, love them. These struggles are a fire, refining you into gold. Look around. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. Challenge what is expected of you. This world is not your home. You are different. There is hope for the world today. I need to declare that for a moment. I need you to understand it. There is hope for the world today. We're continuing our series called Different right now this morning. And we've been walking through the book of 1 Peter. I love this because there's different ways you can bring the word of God. And this is a way that is not, uh, not a typical thing that we do here at Freedom, walking through a book. But we are so excited about this, this thought of being different. Some of you thrive in being different. How many of you in this room, you thrive and you, you're just okay with being different? Anybody? Anybody you okay? You said to yourself, I, I realize I'm different than everybody else a long time ago. But then there are others in this room that you just want to slide in and be a number. You just want, you're okay with flying under the radar. Who's a fly under the radar kind of person? You just, you don't want to be noticed. You just want to kind of come in, peacefully do what you need to do and slip out. Anybody like that? Come on, let's be honest. Some of you don't even want to raise your hand because you're like, I don't want to be noticed. (laughs) You're doing exactly what I don't want you to do. Point me out, right? But that's the beauty of the gospel, isn't it? That God reaches to all those people. He reaches to people that want to be uh, at the forefront and those that just kind of want to be a number. For those that are different and those that care not to be different, let me, like, let me just be like everybody else and change the world one day at a time. Let's, not, let's pace ourselves. Let's not get out of control. Right? I just want to kind of walk step by step, piece by piece, then there's the people of God who are we're created to be so different because who we have in us is greater than anything this world could ever offer anyone. Are you with me? The truth of the gospel is so vast. The truth of the gospel is so ginormous that I want us to realize that first Peter calls us to be different. Did you know that? That first Peter calls you to be different and he says, it's okay to be different. It's okay to understand. It's okay to be, um, to be in the mix of people and still be different, just like everybody else. I want us to understand that there's a corresponding theme in the book of first Peter. First Peter, there's a recurring theme and it's the, the theme of being called especially in this chapter 2 that we're going to be looking at. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to highlight portions of chapter 2 in the Bible here. And we won't go verse by verse by verse, but we will highlight important elements and themes throughout Scripture. You with me? Yes? So Peter understands being called by Christ because if you recall um, back in Luke chapter 5, Peter was fishing 
and he caught nothing. Everybody, you realize what nothing is in a fisherman catching nothing? How Like, that's horrible, right? A fisherman to go out and catch nothing is a bad day, right? That's like a, uh, someone that's being paid by commission, driving around for 12 hours, hitting 32 places, and none of them buy anything. And you come home and you're like, that was the worst. Peter comes home with all his fishermen uh, crew and they come in and they're going, we caught nothing. And then comes a carpenter. A carpenter says, listen, I want you to cast your net over the other side. You don't think we did that? Excuse me, Mr. Rabbi. Excuse me, Mr. Jesus, because we know he was Hispanic. That's why they call him Jesus. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. But you realize that when, when Jesus was out, he was doing his thing. Here comes a carpenter to tell a fisherman how to fish. All right, well, listen, we've been fishing all day, Mr. Christ. And... Uh, that's not what they called him. But we've been fishing all day. We know exactly how to do this. But nevertheless, because you said so, we'll do it. You realize that that's a huge moment of obedience? Do you realize how big that moment is? You know everything. I know you know everything. But humor me for a moment that this moment, they didn't know everything. Because they did go back out. They did throw the net over the other side. And they did almost sink their boat because of all the fish that they caught. Why? Because obedience always goes before blessing. And so we look at that and we see, we realize that he was obedient and he did that. When he came back to the land and he hit landfall. And at that point, he fell at Christ's feet. You can read it for yourself in Luke chapter 5. And he says to Jesus, I am a sinful man. Nothing like catching a very good crop of fish, school of fish, overloading your boat to make you realize you're a sinner. Why? Because your feeble attempts always fall short. I need you to see this theme. So when Peter writes about being called and about being different, he understands the call because when Jesus called him to do something and he was obedient, something drastic happened. You with me? And some of you watching, listening, here, wherever it is you find yourself, God is calling you to be obedient. And Peter was writing to persecuted Christians that have gone through some things. And many had bad perception of believers. In fact, believers were looked upon very differently back in those days because they were things that believers were doing that other people weren't. For instance, believers, Christian believers, as you know, we would call them now, but people believed to be Christians, those that followed Christ, they believed that many of them were um, superstitious. Why? Well, because uh, many of them, when they created and did miracles, um, they were considered magicians because they, their head magician did miracles. So they were considered superstitious in a lot of ways. 
Then there was the idea that some believed that Christians were incestuous. And this is, this is interesting because if you look into the, the, the original um, you know, understanding of the culture, uh, the agape meetings, they would call them love feasts. And that means they come together in love, in Christ's love. But they would call each other brothers and sisters. So they were like, they have brothers and sisters and then love feasts? So Christians were looked upon as incestuous as well, even during those days. So then you have another element that Christians would look upon as cannibals. Because all of a sudden, they're gathering around and they're saying, take and eat my body. Their, their leader literally said this, take and eat my body. I'm not going to their meetings. I'm not joining that church. You realize how for the world that would look strange, right? It sounds strange. It, it, it's not in context. You don't understand. That's how come it's very important that, listen, if you're going to reach people around you, listen to me closely. Listen to me closely. If you're going to reach people around you, talk their language. If you start speaking Christianese, they'll go, what? And they won't listen to you. One of the benefits that I've had in my life is that I've been a, uh, I've been a, a preacher for students for a long time. I've, been, I've done conference camps, retreats, conventions, and I've spoken to teenagers across America for many, many years. That has taught me to break down the words. That's how come on a Sunday morning, I don't feel uncomfortable being able to talk to a group of, uh, from, the, from the youngest to the oldest because I feel like my range has allowed to, that opportunity to be able to everybody to try to understand. Maybe you walk away saying, there's some things that I don't understand that Pastor Tony says, and I don't doubt that that's this time, especially when I make up words. <laughs> I do that deliberately most of the time. I make up words because that's what it made sense to me sometimes. And other times I'm actually saying the right word. But regardless, God wants us to be able to communicate the gospel in a way that people would understand. So stop talking in a way that people don't understand. Talk words that people get. And they'll get what you're saying. And so Christians were often looked upon as just these three things specifically. But... I want us to talk about the called element, the theme of called. Everybody say called. You have to understand that each one of you, each one of us, are called to Christ. So 1 Peter talks a little bit about this as we look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I want to talk about first an eternal call to Christ, an eternal call to Christ. How many know that your call to God is eternal, not just the call of God on your life, but the effects of it? That the people you're speaking to, listen to me closely, the, the people you're speaking to, what you give them, you're offering them eternal value. You're affecting them eternally. So when we look at 1 Peter, we look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and I'm reading out the New Living Translation. I really like how it puts it. It says this, for you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I want to bring to you a message entitled Light in a Dark World, because you are called to be light in a dark world. 
We look at this verse right here. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you what? Out of darkness. You know what he said? Come out. Come out of darkness. Come out. I called you. The day you received Jesus, the day you received Jesus, he called you out. He said, come. So why do you hang in the darkness wondering why God hasn't made you light in your workplace? Is there a possibility that you look so much like them that they don't want to be like you because you're already too much like them? Is there a possibility that there's not enough light there for them to inconvenience their Sunday mornings? To inconvenience themselves, to actually go get the Bible off their shelves, crack it open and find out what you're living like? Is there a possibility that he's called you out of darkness into this wonderful light? He paints a picture of, of following Jesus being a wonderful thing. And I think many of you can attest to following Jesus as a wonderful thing. It's hard. It's hard. There's times that I want to say something to someone that says something bad about me or my family or my closest friends. And I want to say, you know what? Let me give you my two cents because it's worth it. Right? But you got to back off a little bit and realize that your light has to be brighter in the darkest of places. So Peter reminds the readers that we are now different and their allegiance extends far beyond their culture. Did you know that, uh, okay, so maybe you were born, uh, you know, Caucasian, white American, you really don't have a background, you have something there like uh, German or or French or something in the background, but you really don't have a culture. Me, Puerto Rican, growing up in my Puerto Rico, I love my heritage, I love where I was, uh, what I was taught growing up, Latino, I love it, I love it, but guess what's more important to me than my culture, my identity in Christ. For me, I have to realize that my culture, I didn't have control over that. I was born into a culture. I was born into a situation. Our identity, we have control over that today. And we have to realize that 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 supersedes all of that. So I have to understand that I'm different. Yes, physically we're all different. But that, that, that identity in Christ extends far beyond my culture. It extends far beyond my financial background. It extends far beyond my upbringing. Come on, somebody. Or what people think of me. It extends far beyond that. So whether I have identified with the culture or not, it doesn't matter when when I'm standing before him. He's not going to say, okay, round up all the Puerto Ricans now. Let's go. We know that you managed to fit 14 of them in a Corolla. Get over here. No joke, man. You can fit a lot of Latinos in a Corolla. I know this because I'm from New York and I've seen it with my own eyes. Your car is worth $300 and your system is worth $4,000. Speakers bumping, but there's 14 Latinos inside of a Corolla. Where did that? I, I went off on my notes. But God's not going to call all the cultures together. He's not going to call blacks. He's not going to call whites. He's going to call the people. And however he calls them, you will stand before him, either know him or don't know him. It doesn't matter if they're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Japanese, Chinese, German, Russian. It does not matter where you come from. It matters. Do you know him? 
And were you different? Did you live this thing out? I'm sick and tired of seeing how different we treat each other because of our skin hue. I long for the body of Christ to be the body, to be different, to be diverse. I celebrate that. And any church that doesn't, don't go there. I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you the truth. Every time, the kingdom of God will have all races, creeds, and colors. Because that's how God called us. He called us. The identity is not found in my skin tone, but my heart tone. Friends, when he called them out, he said, your culture is great, but God is more important. He called them out. And we realize that he called us out of darkness. And God's call for his followers is to focus on the reality And that is mercy for all. Are you realizing that? That when God calls for mercy, he calls for mercy for all. So we look at it and we realize the eternal call of Christ. You realize that whatever he called you to, it's supposed to affect somebody's eternity. Did you know that? Whatever it is he called you to, it affects somebody eternally. There's not a single person in this room called where his call doesn't affect you eternally or somebody else. God don't waste his time. He's not going to give you a call that would just affect you. The call that he put in your life is to affect others. It starts with you, but it will affect others. So let me go switch this up a little bit. The first thought is that, right? You are chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation we realize that we have an eternal call but we also have a temporary call is that right on this earth we have a temporary call there's something you're supposed to do on this earth we have a temporary call to an assignment let's look at verse 11 if you have your bible first peter chapter 2 verse 11 dear friends i warn you as temporary everybody say temporary temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly what desires because it's there friends there's worldly desires that's going to introduce itself to you and say don't you like these desires don't you want these desires listen if you're online right now i want you to know god has called you eternally but he's also called a temporary call in your life and unless you activate it you're going to feel like where is god in all of this You realize that? That God has a temporary call on you too? Why? Because this world right here will fade away. (laughs) Like a vapor. Your life has come. Your life is gone. There's a temporary call for right now. What is that call? A temporary residence. You are temporary residents in this world as foreigners. To keep away from worldly desires that what? Wage war against your very souls there's a way that this world is walking look at me I need everybody watching right now to look at me there's a way that the enemy is calling out the people of God and he's speaking to them to wage war against each other 
there's an evil desire for you to take, you have to be noticed. You have to be recognized. You have to be. They should have recognized you. They should know you. Everyone should know you. Everyone. And then what he does is he creates division in the body. If he can't do that, did you realize that he has no hope of ever, ever affecting this world? If we could stay unified and focused on our temporary call, what we're to do right now, stop worrying about next year. Let's forget about 2021. I know 2020 can be, let's just kind of, I saw a meme this week that cracked me up. It was a meme of uh, the back to the future. And it was the, uh, what was the, what was uh, Marty's, yeah, Dr. Brown, is it? Yeah. And he said, whatever you do, rule number one, don't turn to 2020. Like, don't go to that. <laughs> I laugh because I'm like, you know, it, it feels like that sometimes, right? If it's not one thing, it's another. If people aren't burning stuff down, if people, people aren't dying, if there's not a murder hornets, come on, somebody. Dear Lord, there's a lot of things going on. We laugh until we get chased by murder hornets. This stuff is going real. It's getting real. What I'm saying is this. Right here, right now, be here. Understand that God is doing something in the body of Christ. Get active. Amen? It's a temporary call. Many people oftentimes make permanent decisions on this temporary call. How many know that you can't make a permanent decision on a temporary season? Did you, did you get what I just said? Because this will change your life. If you are going through a season in your life that's temporary and you know it is, don't make life-altering decisions in those moments. Step back. Sometimes you need to step back, take a breather, and say, this is just a season. I'm not going to take everything as it's the end of the world right now. Hello? Because about six months ago, I could have swore... And there are people that are like, this is it, Pastor Tony. I'm packing up all my stuff. I'm going to be in my basement. And this is when Jesus is going to come. Wait, what? I still got stuff from Y2K. Wait. You still got stuff from Y2K? Because apparently that was supposed to go down, and that did it. Lights may have flickered a little bit, but that was just your kids playing with you. <laughs> Wasn't it? Wasn't it? You want to mess with somebody? Turn the lights off right at the countdown. Three, two, one. Happy New Year. Turn off the lights. <laughs> Freak people out. Don't do that, by the way. A temporary call to an assignment. Your call here on earth is temporary, but the effects of it are eternal. That's why we have to pay attention to it. So third thought is simply this. We have a daily call to a higher standard. If you're going to be different, look at me. If you're going to be different, you have to realize how important God is in your daily life, in your daily standard. Not waiting for Sunday to realize how much better am I supposed to get this week. Let me hear something. If Pastor Tony preaches a good one, then maybe I'll be obedient to God. But it's all on him. Let's see how he does. Let's see if I like those songs that Pastor Alicia sings, because if she does, and the bass line's good enough, you know, he's doing his thing. If I like it, then maybe I'll lift my hands. Maybe God will be worthy of worship. But I'll wait, because I need to be blessed first. 
you've done already lost. You already lost. You missed it. You missed the bus. What I'm saying is, every day, God, I have, an, I have a, one responsibility is to be obedient today. One way that I'm going to be different is to follow that obedience. Are you with me? It's getting real quiet, but I'm, I'm going to take that as good preaching. First Peter 2.11, turn there with me for a moment. I talked about temporary residents and foreigners, but then let's look at verse 12. Talking about a daily call to a higher standard. Here's verse 12. Be careful to live properly. Live properly, the New Living Translation says. Here in the NIV, we look at it verse, uh, verse 12. Let's turn there real quickly. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits. Verse 12, be careful to live properly among unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, New Living Translation says, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give God, or rather give honor to God when he judges the world. Your witness, I need you to hear this because I don't think you realize this. Your witness will translate into eternity. If you read that verse the way I read it just now, they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Guess what? That's not now. That's on the day of judgment. God will say, do you remember this person living their life this way? Yeah? That was the way I was calling you to live. Do you remember this happening to you? Yeah? That's when I called you, but you rejected me. Do you remember this? Yep, that's when I was calling you to serve, love, give, pray, worship. Do you remember that? Yes, that is what I wanted. What you did was directly disobedient to me. And what that acts, and we understand here in 1 Peter chapter 2, God is saying you are different. God has called you to be different. Friends, I need you to hear this because the world is seeing you, and if they don't see you as different, then what are we doing? What are we doing? And maybe you're here this morning, and you're here because someone was different around you, and you're saying, I want more. If you're seeking God this morning, I want you to know you found, you're in the right place. I trust that this morning you'll be encouraged by the fellowship of believers. I hope you feel welcome in this room. I hope that those of you that are first time, second time, maybe you're streaming for the first time, catching us online, I want you to know something. God has called us to a higher standard, and I hope you sense that in the room today. When we think about the calling of God in our lives, we often default to thinking about what I am to do first, right? What am I supposed to do to get God's attention? Well, I want to say to you that that's how our mind operates, but that is not how he operates, when God calls us, he starts the who, not the do. He starts with the who, the you. See, when you know the who you are, you'll know what to do. you know how to respond, how to react, because you got the who right. When you get the who right, you get the do right. So we look at chapter 2, verse 15. It is God's will that, you are, that your honorable lives should 
Silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. There are times that people have said about me or my family or, my, or you or your family or a friend, and you felt like I must defend myself at all costs. You know, that's tiresome. Right? I could, say, I could say a simple encouraging quote, and somebody would reply something online and say something really, really dumb, and I'm like, And I can't even spell that. I think it's like P-S-S-S-T. And I just, what? Did you get anything I just said? Or they will say something like, well, I can't agree with that because blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you don't have to. I didn't ask you to agree. Or I would have asked your opinion. What do you think, Jeff? (laughs) This is what I think. What do you think, Samuel? Am I right, Brittany? I didn't ask your opinion. I'm telling you what I believe to be true. Right? But all of a sudden, we're cowering. Should I say that? Because somebody might be offended. Somebody might. Can I tell you something? If you don't live your life in a little bit of offense, you're doing it wrong. Because you could just live your life right before God and not say a thing and still people will be offended. They're offended by a bumper sticker for crying out loud. People nowadays, man. Why? Because they look at the do. Why don't you look at the who first? Realize that God wants to do something with you. See, we cannot be spiritual consumers, but we got to be spiritual contributors. We got to contribute. Realize that the call of God in your life is about you contributing to the things that God has and the people he has for you to speak to. Because we can be easily, it's, it's very easy to be consumers. You agree? Let me check in. I walk in the doors. This is how the process works. I pull up in a driver's a, a spot outside and I say hi to somebody in the parking lot team. I walk up the steps or walk in the back doors and I say hi to a greeter. I sit in my seat. I worship. I sing. Maybe I'll drop a little tip into the thing and I move on. And you know what? I am a consumer because all I did was really just check off a box. But what if... On the way, what if on the way to my seat, I see someone that I haven't seen in a while? Am I going to them and saying, hey, how are you doing? Check in on them. What if on the way out the door, instead of running to the buffet as quick as possible, I stop for a moment and think, I wonder, that person had a prayer request last week. Am I, I wonder how they're doing. A, I go because that was my first goal. B, I stop and care. You know what a consumer does? Go. But a contributor says, pastor's not the only one called to reach people. So am I. Saved people serve people. So I'm going to go ahead and ask, how's your sister doing? hey, I thought about you just now and I thought I'd come over and check in on you. Why? Because I'm a contributor. I'm a contributor. For God called you to do good. Let's look at verse 21. For God called you to do good even if it means suffering. Uh Uh-oh, can somebody get me some white out? Just want to take that part out. Even if it includes suffering, let's just forget that part. 
No, that's part of it. There's times you're going to care for people and they won't say thank you. There's times you're going to lend somebody money and they'll be like, what money did you lend me? I don't remember that. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all just got the... Y'all got touched by the Holy Ghost. Y'all like, man, I'll tell you what, right now, go ahead, Pastor. Right now, I don't know what you're talking about. Fifty dollars he owed me for like two and a half years. Shoot, that Brock man, he he got my he got my movie I lent him. I lent somebody a CD back when people had CDs. That Billy Bob got my A track. I, I still didn't get it back. It's been quite a few years. I'm telling you, we got to look at this and realize, man, Christ suffered, and he didn't suffer so we can count all the things we have, but count our blessings every single day, amen? So let me kind of bring this into a, a capsule here for you. First Peter chapter 2, verse 22 to 24, Christ never sinned. Or deceived anyone. Verse 23. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. Nor threaten revenge when he suffered. This is what I'm talking about. When someone talks bad against you. You're not supposed to stick up for yourself every single time. There's times that God will stand up for you. Because if you fight everybody that fights you. You'll spend your time putting out fires. And never making a difference. He left his case in the hands of God. Who always judged fairly. Verse 24, he personally carried out our sins in his body. Who is this? Jesus. On the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. Friends, I'm telling you, Christ is our standard holder. And let me, let me kind of close it with this scripture focus. One last verse I want to bring to you, and it's simply this. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, reads like this. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Why? Because it will just give them ammunition to confirm that you are who they said you are. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Come on, that's hard. Get that, keep that whiteout out, please. Just keep it out. <laughs> pay them back with a blessing. What are you talking about? Take them out for wings or what? Wait, you expect me to give them something because they hurt me? (sighs) But he goes on to say this. That is what God has called you to do. I didn't write it. God did. You got a problem? Take it up with him. (laughs) He goes on to say this. And he will grant you. You, watch this, his blessing. If you do what everybody else has done, friends, if you do everything that everybody else has done, you're not different. This is different. This is a calling. And it's not just a pastor. Pastor, you're supposed to do that. We're supposed to show up, tithe. You're supposed to preach. That's how it works. No, 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 no. You missed it. You missed it. We are all called to bring the gospel to this world. 
I'm so privileged to be the pastor of this church, but I can't do it all. There's a gospel that needs to go out to your friends that I can't reach, to your coworkers, and it has to be brought in a way that they get, that they understand in their language. That's why the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament Greek and Hebrew, uh, Greek uh, and Aramaic, because there were cultures, there were times. God used everybody. So guess what? There were Jews that were chosen by God to be his people, right? But guess what? He used non-Jews too. What does that mean? There are people that people didn't expect to be used. Some of you in this room, you, didn't, you don't expect to be used. But can I, can I hit your attention for a moment? You are. You may not think you are, but you're called to be different. It may look different for everybody else, but each of us have a unique calling to heal the world around us through the power of Jesus Christ. I love what Vincent Van Gogh once said. He said, your profession is not what brings home your weekly paycheck. Your profession is what you've put here on earth, you were put on here on earth to do with such passion and such intensity that it becomes spiritual in calling. Your passions and pursuits matter. So here's the big idea. Are you ready? This is what I want to leave you with. If we are bored with life, then there's something wrong with our concept of God and his involvement in our daily life. I'm going to say this again because some of you, you won't agree with me. You'll walk out this room and you won't agree with me. You'll turn off online and you go, I don't necessarily agree with that, but everything else is all right. But I'm telling you this right here, right now, that this matters right here. You ready? If we are bored... With life, there is something wrong with our concept of God and his involvement in our daily life, period. There's something for everyone, and God is involved with everyone. How much do we want him involved? That depends on the person. How many agree with that? We can be involved with a lot of things in life, but how involved is God in your daily life? So what's the thought I want to leave you with? Here it is. Are you ready? What message does my life send to people around me? What message does my life bring to those around me? Second question. What are you already doing that not just tells but shows God's goodness? Third thought. What can you do differently to lead other people to Jesus? Not good. What can I do different than lead somebody to Jesus? That's practical. Listen, if I give you a message this morning and you say, hey, that was good, but you have nothing to take home, I missed it. I missed it a little bit. I want to give you something to take home, and here it is. What can I do differently to reach people for Jesus? How can I take my differenceness? See that? It's not a word, but it is now. How can I take my being different and apply it to my life so that others will never be the same? I pose this to you here, those of you listening and those of you watching online. What does Jesus look like in your daily walk? If you're not different, then you're just like everybody else. And that dishonors the death of his son. It does. See, he died so you can be different. So you can live differently. And he died so you can walk in power. So let's walk in power today. Can I ask you right where you're at? So just bow your heads with me all across this room, online, wherever you find yourself. 
Father, we are your people. And those of us who call ourselves believers realize that today there is a very real need for us to live differently. I'm asking you that, God, we would take our unique call that we would never be the same again. Father, I'm asking you that there's somebody at the sound of my voice that doesn't see their unique ability, that God, you will reveal that to them today. If there's someone at the sound of my voice that doesn't realize that your hand is upon them, let them sense that even now. Let them sense that. Call them. Call them out. The eternal call. The temporary call. And obviously, and very importantly, the daily call to the high standard you called us all to. I'm asking you today that we will be a people that already not just talk about the gospel, but live this thing out. Father, I'm asking you, let the message of life resound in my life. People may see my good deeds and rejoice to our Father in heaven. Lord, help us to focus on who we are rather than what we do because what we do will always follow who we are. Make my life an offering for you. Just right where you're at for a moment. Maybe you just want to extend your hands out and just say, God, I give my life to you today. Come on, right where you're at. Maybe you're at home right now. Just right now, right where you're at. Whether you're sitting on a couch or you're streaming live somewhere, just put your hands out and say, God, here I am. Let me live out loud. You're a good God. I don't even deserve you. But you gave your life for me. And for that I'm grateful. Father, I'm asking you today for every person at the sound of my voice, may their lives be filled with the eternal call to Christ, the temporary call to the assignment you called them to, and the daily call to a higher standard. In Jesus' name I pray. Help us to be spiritual contributors, not just consumers, contributors of all that we do. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said,